In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I'm delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is my 39th episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me or what the show's about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to download the app, or you can always tune in using your favorite podcast app. If you missed last week's show from May 21st, I interviewed Alan Carroll. Nope, not a relative, just sharing the same family name, which is (laughs) funny because he even spells it with two R's and two L's, which is kind of rare. And Alan and I discussed how, through the practice of mindfulness speaking, you can reduce physical, emotional, and mental tension. So you're going to want to check that out from May 21st. And today, my favorite guest, T, is back, (laughs) my social media gal and sidekick. Welcome, T. Hello, everybody. Hello, Amy. All right. So, T, before we jump into our Q&A, you and I talked a couple weeks ago, and I remember you said you had some partner success story. Absolutely. It seems to be... um happening more often these days now I'm practicing. <laughs> Let's hear about it. Okay, so do you remember that? Let's give you the details. Do you remember I said to you I was doing, practicing compassion? Yeah. Really trying to be in a compassion mindset. If anything upset me or felt like the balance was going off or my daughter stressed me out or my dog or basically staying in compassion as much as possible. So recently, I had a friend who was having a bit of a rough deal, um, going through lots of stress, and I offered to take her lunch. So I said, you just relax. I'll come to you. I'll bring lunch already cooked. It'll be hot. And, um, and her sister was going to join us. So that was mm-hmm. the, the deal, basically. Uh, now, the sisters between them have some difficulties with communication. So it oh, was yes. A- I think many siblings can relate to that. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I've got three. As and you, you've got how many sisters, Amy? Three brothers, three sisters. There we go. Um, so we know what happens there with family issues and and such. And I was about to turn up maybe half an hour later than they had expected for this lunch date and called. I was in the car. The food was hot. I was about to arrive. Um, and and yeah. just out of curiosity, T, because I'm mm. always impressed by people who whip up hot meals. <laughs> you, wasn't you didn't so just, whipped up. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pop into a, side, a store to purchase no, things. You spent no, a few no. hours it putting this no, together. No deli lunch and no, yeah, it wasn't, you know, takeaway. It was me peeling, cooking, preparing the menu. And I'd done so. I'd started to do so the night before. Wow. I wanted to make something super special. So it had taken up most of my evening and also most of the morning in between some work duties to get this ready. 
Okay. okay. So I really put my heart and soul into it and wanted them to have a nice special time. Um, so as I called to let them know that I was leaving about a half an hour journey to get to them, uh, in that heart, in that time that they've been together, something had gone on, something Uh-oh. had happened. So basically a, a kind of a sister fallout, some a, old a problem. half an hour alone with no food. Just half an hour. They were hungry, right? What do you say to be part, you know, being yep. part of the fed and watered and so they were hungry they had fallen out and the second sister decided she was not even going to hang around for the meal wow and she told me that and so I had to think about what she just said couldn't quite believe my ears um and the other sister had already said then that yes let's forget it kind of thing and I took it with that big capital C compassion and my partner pants on (laughs) um and uh and said okay very calmly staying in partner mode although I wanted to scream down the phone right yeah I stayed super calm and I just thought to myself well guess my daughter and I get to eat this amazing meal for at least the next three meals at home because there was so (laughs) much of it um stayed cool stayed calm and turned the car around went home and thought right I can get on with other stuff at home get back to work no biggie I, I shocked myself. I really did. I bet. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I knew there was going to be a point that I would see the girls again. And that would probably be an opportunity to discuss what happened and also to vent maybe or let out, you know, let them know how I felt. I was disappointed and frustrated, basically. And being disappointed and frustrated is totally mm. understandable. Right. And I love that you were thinking and it, it it's, would be appropriate, acceptable and okay for me to express that to them another time. Another time. This is also something that you've taught me, Amy. It's on, you mm. know, to walk away and, and let the dust settle almost. And then um, we spoke about the broken glass. Right. Right. Does, you remember that? Yeah, you said already been working level. that on your own. Right. I, absolutely. Um, and so the, the phone did ring the next day. And it was the first sister who had decided to leave the occasion and cancel the whole deal. And... She tried to ring me on the evening and I was in the shower. So luck had had it all, you know, life had worked out that it was going to be the next day. And to be honest, that's, that was the time I needed. I needed to yes. let it sink in, practice in my head how I was going to handle it, let her know that I was mm-hmm. upset. Um, and that also, also kind of telling myself it was no big deal. Nobody had died. <laughs> nobody was sick. There'd been no accidents. Yeah you know, really putting it into perspective um, Mm -hmm. and thinking of it as a win-win. Like I said, we got to eat this beautiful meal with my daughter (laughs) for lunch, breakfast, dinner for the next couple of days. Um, So, yeah, I had that that very calm conversation with her um, and she apologized and said, uh, well, it just all worked out really well. And I I kind of let her speak, you know, the tell me more, the three little words, yeah, I didn't go it, guns are blazing and, and, you know, I was able to stay calm and I really did partner with a capital P. That's all I kept thinking is just staying partner, staying partner. So again, we're, T, I'm yeah. going to interrupt you a second. We're just getting our engineers just inviting you to speak up louder. Okay, right. Yeah. I'll get close to the mic. And um, so you had that mantra almost stay partner, stay partner. Absolutely. It really wow. was with me and it is with me all the time now. Mm, and, and it works beautifully. And I guess it, it felt 
satisfying or rewarding or how did it feel when she applied when she apologized Apologize. yeah do you know what it was even further more than that I felt like I'd gone a step further in this practice so I felt really proud of myself more than anything after the calm conversation I felt proud so thanks to you again and also so little stress it could have been a super stressful conversation. Sure. It could have been a super stressful, um, uh, the whole thing could have been crazy, you know, everybody shouting at everybody. So thank you again. Part oh, wow. Story. See, that's a great <laughs> example of putting our ego to the side. And I love right. that you've already been actively working on cultivating compassion. That's and right. We don't know where or when it's going to happen. And boy, is that an example of. You it. just never know. I mean, I couldn't no. have imagined ever that the lunch date was going to be canceled with, you know, with, with my friends. And it was. No. And, and it happens. It's life, you know. So you've got right. to be ready. This right. is now, I think this is the third year that we've been working together, Amy, right? Yes. So I've had some time. We've had our anniversary. Work we anniversary a, we just did. recently. We did. Last week. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, it's taken me three years to get there. And I have to say, when you get there, it's super satisfying. Yes. Super satisfying. Yeah. And I and I, I had to laugh when you were, you kind of found yourself a little bit surprised, like, what, what yeah. just happened? How, yeah, I surprised how, why am I so calm? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's happened to me multiple times. Well, I think you talk about, diff, you know, the brain waves and things happening in the brain, making new pathways in the brain. So it feels like it's, um, they're definitely carved out now. Thanks. Got it. Yeah. So you're, it's becoming your new automatic. Right. That, that's yeah. significant. Yeah. Very cool. Huge, huge leap. So feeling great. Oh, well, thanks for sharing that, T. So let's go ahead and jump into, we've got a couple of juicy case scenarios that people That's submitted. Right. We do indeed. We do indeed. Where did they come from, Amy? Where, how, how did these um, cases come up? This uh, material, these, this content came from a workshop I did last year, and I think I had 260 people, so it was more like a webinar. Okay. Right. And they... I invited the participants to submit prior to the webinar their, um, their conflict situations. And I think there are three okay. different questions we, I asked them. Absolutely. There are indeed. So the three questions were, what are the things that trigger you and bring you to conflict? What are the things that enable you to build resilience in order to manage conflict successfully? And what's an example of an unsuccessful unsuccessful personal or professional conflict you have had so yes did you have all 260 people responded to you these Thank three God questions no. <laughs> <laughs> though so I did have a lot information so, yeah <laughs> I think we've got a couple more episodes before we get through all of these <laughs> right okay so the first case deals with emotional mastery Amy finding a balance and preserving relationships something that we all need and that I can really relate to after what happened last week hmm uh, the first case is Monica. I feel like that's right. Yeah. And the question. So let's start with Monica. And what does she say that triggers her and brings her to conflict? She lists a couple of examples. One okay. was when people are not reliable and don't follow through mm. what we aligned on as a team. Okay. So when team members drop the ball. Right. Uh, second one was when someone is not structured and things fall under the table. 
Mm-hmm. So maybe someone who's disorganized. Right. And then the third scenario was when someone is denying a mistake and trying to blame others. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that can get ugly. <laughs> and it's so tempting. I have definitely been, you know, that's kind of like an example of gaslighting. Oh, no, it wasn't me. But, you know, and I'm right. standing there with the ice cream. No, I didn't steal. What? I didn't know. I didn't do yeah, yeah, we've all been there, haven't we? And I think mm-hmm. as you grow older, you realize that you just got to take it on the chin and put your hands up. <laughs> Okay. It's a, it, it saves so much stress. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? In the end. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so let's see. What else? I guess Monica tell What us? I would say when I listen to those examples, T, is I would say what's important here is if you want to preserve the relationship, then we're going with the assumption that giving feedback, uh, that, that the way you want to handle these situations is you've you got to confront the people and give feedback. And that the feedback needs to be well thought out. Hmm. And, when I, and, and when it's delivered free of sarcasm or oh, angry yes. comments. Okay. So one of the things, going back to your story that I caught when you were talking about it, was how hmm. you were glad that it worked out serendipity was such that you were in the shower when the right. phone rang. Yeah. So it reduced that likelihood of you taking the call and having the conversation before you were ready to. Exactly. And I did think should I call back and nope wasn't the right moment definitely needed to have that 20 full 24 hours before uh-huh. I was ready oh that's smart you checked mm-hmm. in with yourself yeah, yeah yeah and sometimes we want to jump in and have a conflict because we're the victim and we are feeling righteous and justified and we want to make that other person wrong yeah or um we're afraid to have conflicts. We just want to get it over with. Oh my gosh, I'll never sleep tonight if I don't deal with this now. Could be. And yeah. for you to have that presence of mind and say, no, I'm putting the relationship at a, you know higher importance than getting this off my chest now. That is really on point because I am somebody that doesn't like to go to sleep on an argument. And this was a different type of going to sleep on an argument, if you like. I do, yes. you know, that I value the relationship that I have with this girl and, um, and I needed to have it all straight in my head, really. Yeah, so. yeah very smart. Mm-hmm. So for me, what's interesting is Monica then talks about um, things that enable her to build resilience in order to manage conflict successfully. And, mm-hmm. you know, she talks about these situations that trigger conflict and then the, the, res- the, response she has is what helps her to be resilient is take time before mm-hmm. providing feedback. Ding, there ding, we ding, go. Ding. There we go. Otherwise yeah. the feedback is too emotional, not objective. Right. Mm-hmm. We've been saying totally. that. So Monica's on top of this. Good. And then she said something else. She said, talk to someone about it that will help bring the situation into perspective. Great idea. Cause sometimes people can see things from a perspective that we can't see totally in the moment ourselves yeah and that's something you've also taught me is to always kind of air see how it goes with somebody else check in with somebody else a friend or a family member and see what they what they think about it all so very useful yeah okay okay i'll interrupt for a second and there i don't know if i've ever shared this on the show i once had to have a difficult conversation this was back in 2005 mm-hmm. and it was a big deal. And it was, I felt under a lot of pressure and I talked to several different people Mm -hmm. and I'm going to say 
probably it was a total of 14 hours of conversations and oh, venting. Oh, you told and, me that. Yes, yeah? you did mention that on the show last time. Okay, good. Right. So this is a reminder for people, hey, guys, it's going to sometimes take a lot to clean mm-hmm. that up. And, you know, that's extreme, 14 hours, except, <laughs> right? The good news is I don't have to do that every time. And in a way, that was like kind of a one-time investment. Mm. And the skill building and the ahas have continued to pay off for me. Fabulous. So now my preparation time is not nearly as long. Well, I hope so, because 14 hours a day is um, (laughs) some serious homework. Okay, so what else did Monica say? Uh, Examples of an unsuccessful personal or professional conflict. What um, example did she give us, Amy? She said, uh, this was the scenario. We were close to an important send-out date with my team. We realized that one important task hadn't been done yet. I asked the colleague who was responsible why it wasn't done. And she then acknowledges, I did this in front of the rest of the team. And then Mm. she admitted to going, she said, I became very frustrated. You can see Uh this is going down the wrong path. Yeah, absolutely. And then, then she was brave enough to admit, she said, my colleague was very offended and it ended up slowing down her work even more, which then led to a delay. (sighs) Yeah. So talk about making a situation worse. Absolutely. And then Monica went on to say that we talked the day after and this woman admitted to Monica that she was really hurt, Mm. that she had addressed the situation in front of everyone. Mm. And then Monica's, the last thing she says was understandable. Right. And I felt really bad. So the good news is Monica was not in a place of denial or Mm -hmm. or fighting or pushing back. She was already in place of, oh yeah, I she really realized. handled this poorly. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So and ideally she should have pulled this colleague aside. Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. You, you, you just never want to confront someone. I won't say group. never. There might okay. be sometimes it is appropriate to give feedback in a group setting. Often it's not mm. because here's the problem. And Monica confronted her and then she showed her frustration. And what that did was that then created that Monica now has is contributed negatively to her reputation that, oh, when Monica gets upset, she might bite your call head off. You out. Yeah. She might yeah, call, call you out. Yeah, call you out. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. So one thing, as I was thinking about this, what, so not only does Monica need to clean it up with the woman individually, which she did do, Ideally, mm-hmm. Monica would probably also want to acknowledge that the way she handled it was not appropriate, doing this in to the entire group with that woman there and maybe letting the woman know beforehand, hey, you know, you were right. I shouldn't have handled that way. And I want to acknowledge to the group that that was wrong. Are you okay if I do that? Okay. So and that really empowers the other woman to choose. And also, you know, she gets public acknowledgement for- yeah. That's what I was going to say. So if I understand correctly, and it was me that had done this, I would go back to the, the person that I'd offended and ask her if she was okay if I could apologize publicly to the rest of the group. Is that correct? And, and acknowledge. Now, acknowledge. You're not quite apologizing. You okay. acknowledge your error. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because you don't want to slip into prey of, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible person. Mm-hmm. That you just want to say, and this is a sign for me, this is a quality of a powerful leader mm-hmm. to acknowledge mistakes publicly yeah. and, you know, say, 
because that goes a long way for building, rebuilding that trust. Right. And sense of safety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Okay. So let's hop into case two. Case two is Julia. Okay. And her questions were around the topic of agreeing to disagree, finding a balance and preserving relationships. So what were the things that triggered Julia and brought her to conflict, Amy? She had two examples. She said inconsistent, unfair behavior of superiors. Ooh. Mm. And when I point to an obviously ineffective process and the superior won't listen. Okay. Yeah. Unfairness then. And problematic with superiors. Let's see. What was she able to do to build resistance to better manage her conflict? My dog resilience, just sneezed, by the to way. To build resilience. Resilience, yes. What did oh, I say? Is that your dog? That was my doggy yes. sneezing at my feet. <laughs> oh, there's so, a little foot shower. <laughs> lovely. Oh. So how did she build her resilience to better manage conflict? Mm. Well, you want to prepare for difficult professional talks beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess um, these are more of my, my thoughts for Julia's situation. Okay. So preparing for difficult professional talks beforehand with good arguments, positive attitude. No, I take that back. This is coming from Julia. I had some uh, thoughts for her after that. Okay. Um, right. So she's saying having a positive attitude, which is fantastic. She Always. also said not taking things personally, which is important. And that's and then That can oh, be difficult, Oh, definitely. Right? Mm. Very difficult. Then to see that others may have good reasons. Mm -hmm. um, And this is where getting other people's opinion, you know, and sometimes I have to invite my friends. Don't just be my cheerleader and say, oh, that other person's terrible. You know, challenge me. I'm not always in a place where I want to hear it, though. (laughs) I say, you know, when I am, I said, you know, what am I missing here? So Mm. to see that others may have good reasons for their behavior, which they either can't share or I can't see. And I like about what Julie is saying here. What I'm hearing is that she's assuming positive intent. That's a big one, isn't it? That's a big one. Yeah. If we can do so, then we can avoid conflict. Yeah. Mm. Um, and we can also, it helps us to find, it, this goes to the partner mindset technique of making up another story. We yeah. assume positive con- intent, rather, mm-hmm. and then we're likely to have empathy for the person. And then if we do decide to confront it, because we might still have to have some difficult, de- delicate, conversation, conflictual conversation mm-hmm. we're at least able to do it um, more likely as a partner. Where I'm, and I haven't defined those terms of predatory partner on our show today yet, though the partner is holding high respect for themselves and for the other. Hmm. So that is um, that's where positive intent can support us. And you know, Julia talks about um, talking to her superiors, right? So she may have a good idea or think that she's got a great idea. Superior may have more experience and know that this idea maybe won't work. So when the conflict comes in that kind of situation, she has to assume that the boss knows what he's talking about or she's talking about, right? Um, well, let's talk about this next example because she, Julia then shares a situation where she, it was, there was this unsuccessful professional conflict. Mm. And so here in Julia's words, what she said was, 
I used to have a direct supervisor that I just did not get along with. My supervisor felt whatever I did or said was taken in the worst way. Wow. One example, yeah, of making uh, startling, uh, this was of many startling situations. She said, I confirmed with my supervisor that I was signed up for a specific training. Mm. Once it was open for registration. And when the training was open, she said, I signed up with the dedicated person within the team. And for some reason, she mentions that this dedicated person had the same rank as her direct supervisor, even though this person was not her direct supervisor. Okay. Then she goes on to explain, my supervisor got mad at me when I excluded her from this exchange. Actually, for me, there was nothing else to discuss since we had already agreed. And I saw no need to take more of her time for something that was obvious. So here she was, you know, Julia had positive intentions to not Mm. waste her direct supervisor's time. Mm -hmm. Though this was only one example. She said, in the end, after many conflicts for really small things, I felt there was no way out of this negative vibe between us. And I asked to be reassigned to a different supervisor. However, I still felt that I had failed in this relationship because I did not understand why we did not manage to get along. Okay. And I think it's great that Julia looks back on this scenario as a failure because, you know, she didn't resolve it. And I think one of the challenges many people have is this fear of confronting another person, because that's what I would recommend. And it's mm-hmm. especially difficult to confront someone if they're senior to us or and or if they're our boss. Absolutely, and that was her yeah. case. Right. So I don't know all the details. I don't know if Julia ever did attempt to. I know many people avoid it. Mm-hmm. And I guess I wonder if Julia had had the ability, had the skills and the confidence to go to her direct supervisor and calmly and respectfully question her supervisor about these issues. And, you know, there's a chance, no guarantee, there's a chance that could have gotten resolved. Mm -hmm. So many of us, we avoid going to have the difficult, delicate conversation either because we're too intimidated or we're not sure how to do it and increase the chance of being successful. Mm. Though let's say, T, if you were my, if you were my direct supervisor and I was Julia, Mm -hmm. You know, and it might sound something like this. T, I was wondering if we could find some time to talk this week because I have a couple of concerns I'd like to discuss. So slow, calm, ask permission, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to set up a dedicated time. You say yes. And, you know, and then I might give you a little more information. It seems like we've had a couple of disagreements over the last few weeks, and I was wondering if we could walk, you know, talk through. So, so that you come into that conversation and you're not surprised. Okay. And then, you know, I'm delivering it slow and calm. I may be asking questions. I'm allowing for pausing. I'm wondering, you know, asking T, can you help me understand what your rationale was for that? Mm -hmm. Um, T, you know, you know, I've seen a couple of times where I've said something and you've responded in a way that I made up a story that you were upset with me. So, there are ways to have those dil- difficult, delicate conversations, mm. um, though it takes training and awareness and practice. Boy, oh boy, and courage, right? Because you a lot of courage in the lion's den or in the firing line, as it were. It's kind yeah. of like you don't know what's going to happen, and if you're already having those conflicts on a regular basis, anyway, oh, 
who wants to go and put their head in the lion's mouth? <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, you that's why you want to address it sooner rather than later. Yeah. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back from break, we want to hear more about some of these challenges of agreeing to disagree. Stay tuned. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you have colleagues, family members or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated or annoyed by others? As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make Your Partner Look Good is a philosophy from improvisational theatre, as well as Amy's favourite mantra. For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behaviour changes in voice, body language, words and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. I'm here with my social media woman, T, and we are discussing communication challenges and conflict. So, T, what's our next challenge. Yeah. So we're heading into case three. This is all about agreeing to disagree, finding a balance and preserving relationships. And our third case is Angela. So the question for her was, what are the things that enable you to build resilience in order to manage conflict successfully? Tell us what Angela had to say. It was so, so simple. She said, a network of supportive people around me. Oh, beautiful. And we talked about this in the first half a little bit. You got to have your people, people. (laughs) You know, you got to have the people who will be there to support. And you also need to know what you need in the moment. So Mm. I've got friends who will absolutely, absolutely play the uh, devil's advocate and, Mm. and push back and challenge me, except I may not be ready right in the moment. So at Mm. first, I might need to lick my wounds or, you know, have a little pity party. <laughs> and then, you know, I can let them know. So, I, so I, it's important that you've got these people who will support you and challenge you. And you also mm. might need to let them know what you need in a given moment so that it coordinates. 
Right. Because sometimes I had my friend, you know, really push back and challenge me. And I just, you know, burst into tears because she's like, oh, oh, oh no, oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> and that's, oh. that's also something that you taught me, actually, Amy, is you say, you know, push back if you don't agree. Yeah. And something that I've started to implicate, too, if you're having a discussion or, you know, there's an important subject to be to be discussed. Um, well, and, and it works. That's an, yeah. And I do that because you and I are in a as a my team member, we have an unequal power dynamic. So right. I, I think it's important that the senior person opens that always encourages and invites other people to push back. Mm. Um, and, and if you know you're, you know, can be delicate times, um, you might say, um, you know, you definitely push back. Just check with me if, I, if I'm ready to hear it. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. So it's about knowing yourself and, and where you're at. Yeah. Great. Okay. So the next case we have is age versus credentials. Mm-hmm. What were the things that Chris found triggered him and bring, brought him to, com- to conflict? Age versus credentials. Hmm. Chris said, I'm sometimes brought to conflict when I work in a project team where there are other members, uh, they try to delegate, try to delegate almost all tedious tasks to me. So -hmm. in this case, George is a subordinate. It's usually, did I say Chris? Yeah. Thinking about Um, George. Did I say George or did you say? You said, you said George. I said George. It must be That's George hysterical. Clooney again. Oh, George Clooney, always on my mind. Okay, so let's go back to Chris now. So um, Chris said, it usually happens when I'm the most junior person on the team. And mm-hmm. I understand that more senior colleagues may be reluctant to take care of the more mundane duties. However, I wouldn't like to be perceived as my senior colleague's secretary. It's not my role. Right. So that's an important distinction. Mm. So I just like that Chris is naming this thing, saying, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is not cool. This is not okay. And um, sometimes it can really irritate me. Mm. So then uh, Chris goes on to talk about things that build resilience to better manage conflict. And he says, I always try to be empathic to the, towards the person with whom I'm having conflict. I do my best to understand their motivations and point of view in this way. I try to come up with a solution that could be a win-win for both. So that's right. pretty high level, high emotional intelligence stuff that mm-hmm. Chris is doing there. That's the pretend not to know. No, no, it's not pretend not to notice. That's the make up another story when someone's right. being difficult. Yeah. And that, as I said earlier in the first half, it, it accesses our empathy. So then you're able to, it's easier to stay in this place of partner mm-hmm. where you're holding high respect for yourself and for the other. Um, and I would add to that when you're having that conversation with someone that could feel like conflict is to ask questions and do active listening, summarize. That slows down the process. That helps the other person feel heard and acknowledged. And it's helping you to make sure you heard what they said and mm-hmm. that they, that's what they intended to say. So yeah. the summarizing, paraphrasing, uh, don't underestimate how important that tool is. Okay. And what was Chris's example of an unsuccessful personal or professional conflict? Uh, Chris says he feels tension that could potentially lead to a conflict with a colleague who's currently this person's peer. He said there, we were competing for a promotion to become the team leader. Mm -hmm. My colleague had been with the firm longer than me, yet I had more academic credentials. 
if I'm lucky to get the promotion, I wonder how should I manage this conflict? So I think something Mm -hmm. that's important to pay attention to is that Chris is assuming Mm. that there'll be conflict. So sometimes when there's tension, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to turn into conflict. And um, I guess one other thing I want to say, this is such a common scenario. A number Mm -hmm. of my coaches have experienced this. Right. And in this situation, I often recommend the person who got the promotion in this case, if it was Chris, that they reach out to their colleague to talk about the potential discomfort or disappointment. Um, perhaps ask them if there's anything they want to say or suggestions they have since they do have, you know, more experience, acknowledge that, say, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd like to take advantage of that because you're, you have a lot of value to offer. Mm. Um, so I think just a, um, validating them okay. is important. So would that be seen as getting somebody on side? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting them on board. Okay. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if you go to that person and say, Hey, listen, um, you know, I, let, so let's say it's you and I, and let's say mm-hmm. I'm Chris and I got the promotion and you didn't. Mm-hmm. Hey T, um, thanks for t- coming to talk to me. I guess I, I, uh, I wanted to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Um, and I don't know if it's true for you, T, if I, if it was the other way around and you had gotten the position and I didn't, I realized I might be feeling some disappointment and some frustration. And so uh, I wanted to give you a chance in case that was true for you, if you wanted to acknowledge that, or if, and maybe it's not true for you, you know, maybe you're just fine to you know, that it worked out the way it did. I don't know, Mm -hmm. though. I really want to open up the discussion and hear from you. Yeah, I get it. You know, so that, that wasn't done so eloquently though. I said what I need to say and then Mm -hmm. I shut up and I give you a chance and, um, and maybe I might do that in an email if Mm -hmm. saying it to you face-to-face might be a bit too sensitive or delicate, or I'm not feeling comfortable or I'm not sure you'll feel comfortable. So I think it's just important to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, T, I think now is probably the perfect time for us to stop and play the interview with Colin. Yes. This is, so listeners, this is an interview I did a couple of years ago. It's very short and you're going to want to listen how my um, interviewee, Colin Jones, managed to, managed to stay partner in the lion's den. Okay, listen up, and uh, we'll be back shortly. Hi, everyone. I'm here today with Colin Jones, who is a person I met recently in Geneva when I ran a workshop for his company, which is Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Welcome, Colin. Great to have you on the call. Hi, Amy. Nice to be here. So, Colin, I know you and I have had a chance to speak, and there were certainly we had lots of laughter, and there were a few ahas during the workshop in Geneva. I'm curious to hear about your recent partner success stories. So why don't you tell the listeners what that was? Okay, so within my role as the CLS Process and Capability Manager, part of that role is to ensure that any new business that comes through the door is compliant. So the people I work with in that part of the role, the sales team and the project managers. And obviously, as a salesperson, you want to get the new business in, you want it booked, and then you want to move on to the next new deal. 
Got it. So quite often our roles can get a bit heated because the sales guy just wants it booked and I need to make sure it's compliant. Oh, so I can see where the conflict starts. Absolutely. So part of what I wanted to do from post Geneva, I came away from the workshop with some clear wanted to ensure it worked as smoothly as it possibly could. I could see quarter end was coming. Uh-huh. That's when we get most of our orders. So rather than sitting away from the sales team, I positioned myself within the sales team. So You mean physically uh, among them? In the lines. Yeah, I, I put myself in the lion's deck, so to speak. I love it. And what an expression. Which was a challenge in itself. Right. With doing that, they felt my presence and I, I then got the opportunity to understand their characters. Now, I don't know how many sales guys you worked with, but they can be quite aggressive in their nature and somewhat predator. And their default mode is predator mode. Right. And that's not your style, having met you in Geneva. So that's just the opposite. So for you to put yourself in the lion's den, so to speak, is quite bold and brave in sending a, a message of confidence to them. Yes, I, I believe that was the case. And um, thankfully, it, hopefully you'll agree as we progress that it worked. Okay. So I was there. I was in the lion's den. Quarter end was coming. These guys, predator by nature. I needed to make sure that I didn't go prey mode and partner was the way forward. One example, and it's something I've been thinking about, is one of the ladies within the sales team was more aggressive than most and very predator. I needed to make sure I had the conversation with her around what was compliant, what was audit worthy, and clearly what wasn't. Again, I introduced myself. It was face to face, which was a lot easier. And I started getting my point across. I was leading the conversation in a very partner mode and was explaining the steps that needed to be taken for, the, for an order to be compliant. Uh-huh. So that in two weeks time, when it was quarter end, we did get into a heated conversation and everybody was clear about what was required. Her reaction to what I was saying, she didn't step up her predator mode. She became quite humorous in her reply, almost in a, oh, yeah, yeah, this happens. Yeah, we always get through it, Colin. Yeah, you know, almost a whatever, but in a, in a nice way, which I wasn't expecting, mainly, to be honest. Right? You were all expecting her to be more aggressive. Is that correct? Yes, yes, it was. Yes, I thought she would go predator mode and, how dare you? I want, you will book my orders, kind of. <laughs> okay. And, but, Colin, before you continue, I, do, I, I think that's brilliant. And it often takes us by surprise when someone is not predator when we're expecting them to be. The one thing that's interesting for me is that when she uses this humor of almost a condescending, it sounds like in the business world for her, she knew she couldn't get away in that moment with you being predator. So she was perhaps using a another tactic of advancing her agenda to get what she wanted through humor. So how did you respond to that pushback? So much was one of, okay, I was very conscious of the fact that I wanted to leave the conversation with her and getting my points. I almost took the, the broken record approach uh-huh. of repeating my points. Excellent. Again, in, in partner mode, I was like, yes, you know, these are the steps we need to take so that we avoid any heated conversations with a day to go at quarter end. And I also played the empathy approach of if you switch roles, can you see my points? And she, you know, she, she was very much partner at that stage, which 
but I was quite happy with that situation. Well done. That's a brilliant success. Plus, something else that I suspect you did by doing the broken record approach of just repeating your response exactly the same way is you were pretending not to notice that she was misbehaving and doing this manipulative, advancing her agenda piece. So that's brilliant as well. Colin, before I let you go, I want to ask you one last question. What is one tip you have for listeners for stepping into and for staying in partner? My one tip for staying in partner is to reduce the amount of times you say sorry in a conversation. Okay. It's very personal to me. It's something I've tried to do, and I feel I really benefit from that. And being British, and that's such a part of the culture in Britain, I can imagine that's even more challenging for you. Absolutely. I I realized I was saying sorry far too often, and it could have been perceived as as a prey approach. So it was something I wanted to work on. And how- I replaced the sorry with... Yeah, you read my mind. What did you replace it with? Tell us. <laughs> Depending on how the conversations flow, I'll either just leave a gap and be confident with the silence or replace it with a thank you, which again is very polite and very British. Okay, so we're back. T, uh, anything else you wanted to comment on about that interview? Yeah, the, the bravery aspects uh, from Colin to literally step into that room with the, the salespeople that he maybe would have avoided if he hadn't done your training. He felt like he was equipped and ready to, to go and be partner in that, literally in that lion's den and flip the whole situation around. I mean, that was just a great example. Yeah, yeah and he surprised himself too. <laughs> Didn't he? Yeah. enjoyed it okay so after colin jones let's go on to philippa this is case number five how to be assertive and dealing with gossip at work and also dealing with confrontation so a few things yeah what were the things that triggered philippa amy Mm. she said sentences and behaviors which sometimes are perceived by myself as personal, professional threats, repeated oh. insults, shouting oh. in bad language. Ooh, wow. Mm. Intentional, bad manners, and mean behavior. So for me, Philippa is describing a, a pretty hostile environment. Isn't she just? Yeah. Yeah. And my sense is, um, you know, that that's not a sustainable environment. It's yeah. also possible that she's showing up as too nice or too polite or too respectful, mm-hmm. and that might be triggering predator reactions from people. Right. Not suggesting for a moment that this is her fault. Mm-hmm. What this is suggesting is she may, if that is true, she may have the ability to turn things around. Mm. And in fact, I'm going to address that shortly about how one might might uh, deal with that. So when she responds. She also talked about some of the things that enable her to build resilience in order to manage conflict. And, you know, the, this is, I Philippa comes, strikes me as someone very generous because the things she mm-hmm. listed were patience, positivity, objectivity, relatively relativity. So she's, she's really wanting to um, work things out, pay attention to what part, you know, how her brain is interpreting things. Even as she wrote the thing about the things that trigger her, she said, um, things that I perceive, Mm. even taking responsibility of, Hey, maybe it's not true. This is the story I'm making up. 
Mm-hmm. She's also talking about other things that uh, build resilience are accepting maybe the other person's having a bad day. Mm-hmm. So another Which way happens. to not take it personally. Yeah. And, um, and then she also says, you know, or they're just not a nice person, which, you know, <laughs> well, if could they're be shouting the case. and using all the bad language uh, in the workplace. Yeah. Not great. Mm. So an example mm-hmm. uh, that she gave us specifically, she said, a colleague of mine has always been very nice to me. One day I found out that she was gossiping about me and my behavior oh, um, with negative comments all the time. Mm-hmm. So that must have been quite a shock, right? You know, this woman's being nice, the example of being very two-faced. Right. So what she did was she kindly approached her twice, asking if she had done anything wrong. And the woman said there was nothing wrong with me, nothing she wanted to discuss. So, you know. She shut the door. This this just whole description sounds like a toxic environment. Mm. And I'm not sure that Filippo... Is, was ever going to be successful in that kind of situation, though I love how brave she was to confront that person and to do she it in really such a was. kind way. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what would you do if somebody was gossiping about you or there's gossip at work? Mm, what would I do? Um, I would have to really take some time to get my ego out of it. Yeah. Uh, I might put it in an email because mm-hmm. that would be a little less confrontive for the person. I would say things like, you know, hey, um, Susan, I heard uh, something that really surprised me and I wanted to check it out with you. Um, Mm. And that's already very different if I can just jump in there, because what Philippa says is she asked if she'd done anything wrong. And now for me, that rings a bell as Pray. She's kind of acting as prey. Yeah, she, so yeah. Way, it's almost she's being a little too generous. Of, too generous. You know, what did I do kind of thing. Whereas yeah, that's there. a good catch. And how did you phrase it? Just repeat what you said just prior mm. to me button in. I, wanted, I don't know if I can repeat it. Let me think. I wanted to check in with you about something that surprised me. That's it. And, yeah. That surprised me. That's yeah. a great way of. Yeah. So the doing it by email gives you plenty of time to mm-hmm. construct your phrase and do yeah. it over and over, get your ego out of it and say it mm-hmm. in such a way that feels the least threatening possible and still, you know, assertive. Like mm-hmm. I heard this thing, gosh, I was surprised. I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, um, and you don't want to give the other person too much like, Oh, I'm sure they, they, they completely misunderstood. No, this is what I heard. Um, it doesn't sound like something that would come from you. Can you help me understand? Okay. Yeah. And the thing is, and maybe this worked uh, for in Philippa's case, because sometimes the person may not admit mm. or take responsibility or apologize, though just you confronting them sometimes might be enough for, for you to say, you know, you're on notice. Mm-hmm. Not, that was not okay. Don't do it again. Right. You know, so... We don't know. Though the thing is, Philippa then asked, you know, Amy, how do you turn from being a prey to a partner with the same person? So it sounds like Philippa has a sense that maybe she is a bit too much prey. Right. Yeah. And she said, how do you do it? How do you change, you know, to become more partner with a person over time respectfully? Of course, this is super important for her. <laughs> yeah. And not be perceived aggressively, which would be probably unlikely that she would. Mm. Because by now they know you're acting as a prey. Right. So. How do we do it? 
you got to first practice the behaviors of partner mm-hmm. speaking with a strong voice, mm-hmm. downward inflection, mm-hmm. still body. In this case with Philippa, maybe making sure she's not over apologizing. We heard that from the podcast interview with Colin that, you know, he realizes even oh, if yeah. it's a cultural thing, mm-hmm. I, I'm replacing the sorry with thank you. Yeah. And so she, she would need to first train for a while the behaviors of strong, solid partner, maybe audio record herself, maybe video record herself. Okay. Then, um, then she's going to need to be, to start to practice in safer environments. And then eventually with this colleague, though, she's got to be prepared because if the colleague's used to being predator and she's been prey, when she shows up as partner, often the, the predator wants to become more predator. So yeah. Philippa needs to be mentally prepared mm. for the likelihood of that happening. So is that always a kind of crossover time where it could ramp up the predator and Philippa's staying partner, then the other person on opposite is still more and more predator? When does the balance come? Um, is it like the respect that you have it to earn from it, them? Most or? predators don't are not able to maintain predator for a long time. Though okay. what's important is you not dip back. The other person doesn't dip yes. back down to prey because then you're not only you're not even starting from zero. You're starting below zero because mm-hmm. you've reinforced the behavior. Okay. Yeah. Hey, so T, we're out of time already. Oh my goodness, yeah. by. I know. We've got so so much to talk about. Well, let's. Well, I guess we're just gonna whatever questions we didn't get to, we'll just pick them up the next time. Great. So as we're wrapping up today, uh, what is one call for action that you have for listeners? My call to action as it's been working for me is to have a little bit more compassion every day. So just Mm. taking one step further. And uh, what's a sentence or something that you can trigger more How can compassion? I trigger? It would be uh, probably the direct would be the what goes on at home if, you know, you, you're kind of less patient with the people that are close to you. So yeah. bringing that compassion in at home mm-hmm. um, and just giving people a little more time and using your empathy ears. Cool. So listen, uh, For listeners, if you want to send your communication conundrums, clashes, challenges, mishaps, blunders, and successes, and uh, you'll have a chance to hear it on the show, T and I will discuss, debate it, and offer some suggestions. You can do that via email, amy at carolcoaching.com, which is two R's and two L's, or on any of my social media channels. Would you like more joy and freedom in your relationships? If so, be sure to switch on, tune in, listen up, and be inspired when I speak with Dr. Yvette Erasmus next week. She'll be offering insights and practical steps for getting free from dysfunctional power struggles and opening up to a world of connection. And thank you, T. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thanks, Amy. Also, thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. And remember, practice makes partner and partner makes peace. Happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.